I remember running a detail of Marines, infantry Marines, overseeing, you know, the burning of the trash at the pits. Uh, and I remember seeing, you know, this young 19, 20-year-old covered head to toe, so, you know, all over the place. Uh, and, and you can feel it. You can feel the JP-5 in your mouth. A uh, type of these, uh, diesel that burns slower, you know, for Humvees. That's Juan Serrano, a Marine Corps veteran who served in Iraq from the very beginning of the war in 2003 until 2009. The scene he just described is one familiar to many, if not most, who have been deployed overseas during the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. But at the moment, you know, there was no, um, there was no light bulb moment that said, oh, Juan, you know, this can lead to a cancer or perhaps, you know, a lung failure or heart failure. You know, um, it was more, you know, I got to remove myself from this and my Marines from this because we have a mission, right? So it was just, you know, part of war. Military burn pits are large open-air fires used to dispose of waste during war. Of the 5 million veterans who served overseas and had exposure to burn pits in recent decades, just over 10,000 have been diagnosed with conditions that range from asthma and COPD to sleep apnea to a long list of cancers. Joining us today are Juan, along with two other veterans, Patrick McCaffrey and Robert Oletta, all three a part of a clinical trial that is not only shedding light on their individual risks and diagnoses, but aims to better understand the long-term effects of burn pits with the hopes of developing better treatments and solutions for this population. Welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk. I'm your host, Rob Hoyle. Ahead of Veterans Day, we sat down with Juan, Patrick, and Robert at their Queen's office, the home base for Northwell Health's Military Liaison Services, which Juan Serrano oversees. This summer, Juan put a call out to his team about a clinical trial led by Dr. Anthony Sema, a leading expert on burn pits and director of Northwell's International Center of Excellence in Deployment Health and Medical Geosciences. Dr. Sema is enrolling veterans who have been exposed to burn pits. Is the fire that never stops burning? Because we're burning trash 24-7. Uh, you can be 50 yards away from it, but the cloud is is everywhere. The reason that's bad is you should only be breathing in uh, clean air. Clean air is 21% oxygen, 79% nitrogen, no particles. The smoke from these burn pits contain a toxic brew of chemicals. And it's no surprise when you consider the list of items burned, from car parts and computers to metal and aluminum cans to chemicals, paint, and medical and human waste. Not to mention the military-grade diesel fuel, JP5 or JP8, Juan mentioned, that they used to incinerate it all. And exposure to high concentrations of particles leads to death, cardiovascular mortality, heart attacks and strokes, and COPD, not related to cigarette smoking. So there's so many things in this toxic brew when you're throwing everything in. While the U.S. military says it's in the process of discontinuing the practice, the resulting health issues are starting to show in the population. I can tell you of, you know, in the past year and a half, uh, the number of stage four cancers on individuals that are on the 30s, and it's the same exact type of cancer, Right. Uh, and when you look geography, the geography where they serve is the same exact locations. As head of Northwell Health's Veteran Liaison Services, Juan oversees a team whose job it is to connect veterans of all stripes with the care they need, as well as careers. His team is mostly comprised of veterans, including Robert, who served in the Army, and Patrick, a fellow Marine Corps veteran. Both served in Iraq on the same exact base, but different tours, Robert told us. Patrick and I both served at, in Camp Ramadi in Iraq, 
we were in the same place and uh, we ended up finding that information out working together 11 years later after the fact. And it was even longer until either would realize the impact burn pits have had on their health, as Patrick explains. Never knew I had pulmonary issues at all. Um, I felt great. Um, even coming back, you know, I was still worked out, but I couldn't do nowhere near what I could. But I just figured it was because I was getting older. There are an estimated 8,000 veterans in the greater New York metropolitan area who served in Iraq and Afghanistan and were exposed to burn pits. And Dr. Sema says he wants to see them all as part of the clinical trial he's leading through the Feinstein Institutes for Medical Research. We came up with a uh, copyrighted rapid questionnaire. It's actually called the Sema Burn Pit Respiratory Questionnaire, BPRQ. And basically it's, you know, a question survey that we want to validate compared to standardized surveys. By standardized surveys, he means those currently in use worldwide by experts in this field to screen for health issues related to burn pit exposure. We want to be able to to present this, for example, in all the emergency room departments at Northwell when they get identified as being a veteran so we can screen them. Or when they come into military liaison services or they get sent from uh, military liaison to us. While the survey doesn't even take up half of a page, the study is longitudinal and will be done over three years with participating veterans like Juan, Patrick, and Robert taking it annually to track the progression of any ailments. All participants will also be given a device called a continuous pulse oximeter, which they can wear during sleep and exercise. The oximeter, which looks like a ring, offers a non-invasive method of measuring how well the lungs are working. And the reason we're trying to do all of these non-invasive tests is the only way to make a diagnosis of constrictor bronchiolitis essentially is with the lung biopsy. We want to avoid that. In combination with other more advanced tests, Dr. Sema can non-invasively diagnose conditions like the one he just mentioned, constrictive bronchiolitis, which is a narrowing of the distal airways. This can result in scarring in the lungs. While rare, it's among the many conditions triggered by burn pit exposure and a focus for Dr. Sema because of how difficult it is to diagnose. It also has no designated treatment or cure. Through his trial, he's also uncovered asthma, COPD, and a whole host of other chronic conditions, which you'll hear more about later. We are giving out these continuous pulse oximeters. You wear a ring, it's on your finger, measures your oxygenation when you're asleep or when you're exercising, it measures your heart rate. It even can take your temperature and your blood pressure, and there's even a one-lead EKG on it. So um, that's a lot of data that uh, will be helpful in monitoring longitudinally um, this population. He hopes this data can be used to help predict who is going to be at risk of long-term effects from burn pits. So we're going to find out their responses to our survey questions, you know, about their symptoms and their exposures. Um, We'll see how that compares to these other survey instruments as discussed. We'll see their physiology and whether the physiology and the continuous pulse oximeter correlates with the surveys. In addition to validating the new survey, Dr. Sema's trial offers a more immediate benefit for those taking part. Going and seeing Dr. Zema and, you know, I know certain things changed once I got out of the military. And, you know, as we're talking to our colleagues here, a lot of times we just attribute that to age or, you know, I left the military or whatever that looked like. But then talking with Dr. Zema, he's like, oh, I can tell you exactly what it is. And so for me, uh, currently it's asthma. I think I have a few more doctor's appointments with Dr. Zema to figure out the extent of it. And Robert wasn't alone. His pal Patrick also was diagnosed with asthma. But the 36-year-old Marine Corps veteran would receive an even more shocking piece of news. Did some tests with Dr. Zima. I found out I have some metals in my lungs and everything. Uh, And I could probably say I didn't speak for like two hours. Um, And even my wife was concerned because she's like, why aren't you talking? 
So, uh, but for me, it was finding out that I had something that was not diagnosed or not even brought to the table as a possibility. It was a complete surprise to me. It was less of a surprise for Dr. Sema, who has become a leading authority on burn pit related conditions. Since 2009, he has testified three times before government committees about the dangers, most recently in 2022, in front of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Studying the lung biopsies of veterans he treats at his clinic, the pulmonologist told us he's found microscopic remnants of titanium, iron, and even bone in the lungs of veterans over the last two decades. So in uh, a paper that we published in Scientific Reports, one of the Nature Journals, yeah, we found burned metals, including titanium, and these soldiers, they were all from different states. All of them had burned titanium. All of them had polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, and all of them had uh, JP8, the jet fuel, and we knew it was jet fuel because we even calculated the temperature at which it burned prior to inhalation, which is about 300 degrees C, um, so it's not cigarette smoking. So... Um, you know, that's kind of scary because not everybody's going to get a lung biopsy. We don't want lung biopsy in everybody, but in the biopsies that we've looked at, it's pretty uniform. Dr. Sema likened the exposure that veterans like Patrick, Robert, and Juan faced to those near ground zero on 9-11, only worse. It's a prolonged, longer exposure, closer. You know, you're, you're living next to it. You're, it's on fire 24 hours a day. We're seeing young people with diseases they should not have. So... An example, you should not see a young, non-smoking athlete, you know, female triathlon person who goes to Iraq for a year and comes back with metastatic bladder cancer. You know, it, it's one of those silent, latent things, and that's why we're so concerned, and that's why we, you know, put in for a monitoring study. Currently, there are 34 participants enrolled in the trial, and Dr. Sema hopes more will join. We recently applied for some DOD funding, and we're also even trying to foray into uh, World Trade Center monitoring as well. Just like the World Trade Center monitoring program, we anticipate this is, you know, this is a long-term longitudinal, uh, you know, exploration of, you know, their health. Getting back to Patrick, he is still in the process of exploring the effects burn pits have had on his lungs. He's definitely educated me on some of the, uh, the things that I had no idea in terms of science in regards to uh, the pulmonary issues. Um, I used to be very well in shape and, you know, used to be able to run like crazy. Um, but sleeping was an issue when I got back. Breathing, I didn't realize that shortness of breath and sharp pains and um, not being able to feel like you can take a full breath. I felt like that was normal. So I didn't know, honestly, when I came home that I was messed up. So whatever else was already, you know, broken on me, that that was the focus. You know, let me deal with the back issues, you know, any of the PTSD and all that. But the lungs was the last thing. Um, he showed me his little fancy machines that did all the scans and everything. One is called impulse oscillometry. It is a breathing test machine. It's non-invasive. You just put your mouth on it and it does all the work and it'll determine if you have narrow distal airways. And that's particularly important because as we mentioned, constricted bronchiolitis is largely diagnosed with a biopsy. With the impulse oscillometer, we'll at least know if your distal areas are narrowed or not and if it's reversible or not. And uh, he's a whole bunch of other allergy testing, metal testing. And then um, I think he has like some CT scans that he wants me to do for my lungs for potential masses. But outside of that, I'm hoping the steps I'm taking right now to rectify the years that I didn't take care of myself will help me out in the end.
While their personal struggles with long-term effects on burn pit exposure are unique, Patrick, Juan, and Robert are united in their purpose to help more veterans get the help they need. And for some, Robert says they must start with a shift in mentality. Whether you're going to sick call, going to see a doctor, you really only went, and the analogy we like to use is a broken car mentality, right? So you you don't service that car until something breaks, and you just kind of ride it the whole way through. But as we're learning these things and as we're learning more, and fortunately we have great you know, advocates and partners like Dr. Zema and his team and what they're doing on the studies of this. And fortunately, we can help as many veterans as we can through this department and through what his work is. And so through that partnership, kind of educating the masses and telling them that, first off, it's okay to not be okay and changing that mentality, number one. So that comes through education and advocacy. And then the second component with that would be Patrick and his team and the exceptional care team of reaching out to those veterans and saying, hey, let's get you in the study or let's get you the benefits that you're not only entitled to, but that we as a country owe to the veterans and for everything that they've done. For years, the VA has denied most claims for health benefits relating to exposure to burn pits, an astonishing 80%, says Dr. Sema. But that changed in August 2022. There is a list that the senators came up with saying, these are the conditions we will cover. 22 or so presumptive conditions, including a lot of lung uh, issues and cancers. Um, not everything. Bladder cancer was not a presumptive condition, even though uh, JP8 had, contains benzene and naphthalene, which are linked to bladder cancer. For many health conditions, you need to prove that your service caused your condition to get a VA disability rating. But that hurdle has been removed for these presumptive conditions, thanks to the PACT Act. So the PACT Act signed by President Biden in August of 2022 uh, provides presumptive care and coverage uh, and benefits for veterans who got exposed to toxic airborne hazards, uh, not only in Iraq and Afghanistan in earlier wars. That includes veterans of the Vietnam and Gulf Wars. Previously, that was done on an individual basis, and the VA had been denying 80% of claims. So now, as long as you have at least any of these 22 presumptive diseases uh, medically uh, with documentation, then you should qualify for care, uh, which is great. Other presumptive conditions include asthma, chronic bronchitis, COPD, emphysema, and pulmonary fibrosis. Also part of this list are cancers of the brain, kidney, pancreas, reproductive system, or respiratory system, just to name a few. In addition to expanded eligibility for VA services, the PACT Act will also strengthen toxic exposure research and improve care for veterans exposed to toxins. So what we've seen last year with the help of you know Juan uh, and the military liaison services is that uh, veterans have been coming into our International Center of Excellence in Deployment Health and medical geosciences, and we're helping them write the Nexus letter, which helps them get uh, benefits. We're filling out the official uh, VA forms. In addition to participating in and helping to connect other veterans with the study, Juan and his team helped secure a $10,000 grant to cover the cost of the pulse oximeter devices being used in the study. We are doing everything that we can uh, through PACT Act to be proactive, right, and catch them early on right, to diagnose, to connect, to build a report, to better understand uh, what is the makeup, you know, not just of the family, but essentially what, what is their situation in their life after service journey. So PACTAG is definitely opening up um, an opportunity, right, where it never existed. This is where programs dedicated to helping veterans navigate their healthcare journey are critical. And Juan says Northwell's military liaison services is in a unique position to help. What our military needs today is... Um, to have a partner in the community 
and not delay any screening or any testing, which is extremely important. They only have 12 months to get all the labs, all the workups, perhaps oftentimes all the biopsies outside so that they can present their case to the VA, right, for compensation and for benefits more than anything. Veterans from Northwell's Military Liaison Services bring together their service overseas with practical skills for the office. For Patrick, that includes his training in social services and care management. I'm a care management coordinator, so I proactively reach out to veterans and make sure that they're connected to all the resources in the community. We connect them with all their health care issues, whatever they need. You know, we potentially set them up with primary care physicians. We set them up with any specialty referrals, and we connect them personally. What I do also on the flip side is I make sure that you're connected as a veteran to the VA. Not many veterans like that. You know, I can tell you as a veteran myself, um, but every veteran needs to be connected with the VA. So I make sure, you know, that's in part of the conversation every time. Hey, are you connected to the VA, brother? If not, let me help you. Let me send you the information. Let me put you in front of who you need to be in front of. So that's essentially what I do. I make sure that, you know, the veterans and their families are connected to the things that they need. Simultaneous to his trial on the new questionnaire, Dr. Sema told us he is also in the early phases of studying potential treatments for burn pit exposure. So we've tested and also, uh, you know, invented some candidate drugs. Um, and in a mouse model, when we take Iraq uh, Camp Victory dust collected in 2003, we can reverse uh, the histologic, you know, the microscopic lung fibrosis. It, it, it improves the lung volume, not 100%, but, you know, dramatically. That could apply to heart attacks. That could apply to skin wound healing, apply to liver cirrhosis, et cetera. So, um, you know, we're really proud of the work we did. I, I, you know, my students and our, our team is great, and we have a lot of work to do. The next steps will be moving on to human trials, but it will take a large amount of funding to get there, he said. We're trying to move toward that, you know, avenue. Um, ultimately, if we are able to follow a large cohort of veterans and non-exposed control soldiers, when we have a, a drug to be able to test and run clinical trials, you know, North World's, you know, liaison office, uh, veteran liaison office, and the, our International Center of Excellence in Deployment Health and Medical Geosciences would be positioned, well positioned to be the leader in in these clinical trials. Finally, when we asked Dr. Sema why he has chosen to dedicate so much of his efforts to this cause, he had a simple answer. As an American, I'm grateful for veterans who've protected our freedom. And as a physician, seeing them not getting the diagnoses that they have and being told that, oh, it's all in your head or here, take an antidepressant or it's all PTSD. There's nothing else wrong with you. You know, that really hurts us. Um, so um, that's why we've stuck with this. Hurrah. You know, they're the ones who fought, protected our freedom and it's, it's our obligation to protect their health when they come back. I want to thank Juan, Robert, Patrick, and Dr. Sema for sharing their perspectives and personal experiences. Remember that these veterans represent countless others who may be silently suffering. It is our collective responsibility to raise awareness about the effects of burn pits and to support the vital research that can lead to better health outcomes for our heroes. 
As we look ahead to Veterans Day, join us in honoring the bravery and sacrifice of all of our military veterans. If you're a veteran or know someone who is, and if there's been exposure to burn pits, we strongly encourage you to join Dr. Sema's clinical trial. It's a step towards healing, understanding, and potentially paving the way for future generations of service members. For 20-Minute Health Talk, I'm Rob Hoyle. Have a great day and stay safe.